Hey, everybody, and welcome into Locked On Bama. I'm Luke Robinson. He's Jimmy Stein. Jimmy, how are you today? Just got back. Just got back from the third Saturday in October. Now at home, enjoying the third Sunday in October. Yes. You know, the third Sunday in October has been very good these last 13 years. Well, there's been there's been quite a few hangovers on the good side over over the last thirteen years. It's hangover Sunday is probably what we ought to re- rename the whole thing. But because uh, 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 you know when you add the cigar to the post game festivities, whew, yeah. But uh, yeah, thirteen in a row. I suppose instead of uh, lamenting to his ankle for the whole show, we should at least acknowledge that uh, it's been thirteen entire years of wins over Tennessee. I saw a stat that it even if Tennessee were to win next year, it would be 5,117 days, I think, since the last time Tennessee had beaten us, which is just absolutely remarkable considering you play this team every year and they are considered one of the top six teams in the SEC historically. But, Jimmy, I mean, I, I we can start with Alabama beating Tennessee for the 13th straight time, and that's great, and winning 35-13. And, and despite playing rather poorly, frankly, all throughout the game, but it, you, this whole conversation's got to start and end with to his ankle, doesn't it? Well, it's the big story. I mean, to say it's the big story, I, I mean, it changed everything. It's changed uh, Alabama's playoff look. It's changed the LSU game. It's changed everything about uh, how we feel about the season. And I, I think it's fair to say uh, – that we we should basically be on pins and needles until the LSU game ends. Uh, but you know, to, to nutshell, you know, one thought that I have is is you know, and I know very little more than everybody else. I mean, I, I've obviously he had surgery. He went through this last year. Last year he had twenty eight days to get ready, and, and then he he played well against Oklahoma. I mean, now I didn't see any real effects uh, on the ankle in the Oklahoma game, but now he doesn't have twenty eight days. Now he's got. 21 days or less, technically 20 days to be ready. And that's just ready for the game. There needs to be some level of game prep that he, that, you know, you can't just walk out there cold after 20 days and expect to play well. So th- this is, this is just my thinking on it in a nutshell. I, I expect to see Tua against LSU. Uh, I expect to see him start the game because every effort in the planet will be made for that to happen by the best medical staff in college football and, and and two is a gutsy kid, but but Luke, th- we just have to accept this reality right now. He's not going to be a hundred percent. I don't want to sit here and guess that he's going to be forty percent or fifty percent or sixty percent or whoever, whatever the hell it is, or who cares. But it ain't going to be a hundred percent. We need to accept that right now. That you know maybe the kid guts it out and plays great. Hell, Michael Jordan won. A, playoff game with the flu uh you know i've seen the best tennis players in the world win world-class matches sick i mean i'm not saying it can't be done or that all is lost but we're gonna play maybe the best team in the country and the star player the stir that 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 stirs the shake uh is just not going to be 100 percent what in the hell kind of saying was that? The stir, stir that stirs the straw, shake? Sure, the, the straw, the stir, is it the stir? No, what it's the straw, the straw that stirs the drink. I thought us woke, I thought us woke people aren't supposed to acknowledge straws anymore. 
Is it PC? Oh, oh, okay, that's true. It's it's, it's the paper straw <laughs> that um, that biodegrades in the organic tea. How about that? And if and if that- if we have to drink through paper straws forever now, let's just let's just kill the planet and end it. Those things are terrible. Is the planet really worth having to drink through paper straws? I mean, that's <laughs> no, a good question. No, no, it's not. What would we miss? It's not. Well, because so, and somebody made a good point. It was like, yeah, okay, now we got all these paper straws. Guess what we made them from? Trees that we ripped down. So, I mean, it's kind of a no win, you know, or we get metal straws, which a lot of people like that you have to wash every time that are mined from the Earth's core. So, you yeah. know, there's a lot of different, a lot of different ways cancer we can straws. destroy the planet here. Yeah, cancer straws. Um, but uh, going back to the, the, what you were saying here. <laughs> going back to the straw that stirs the shake. Yeah, going back to the straw. Um, Man, I I guess it's also fair to ask the question. This is going to seem silly, and I'm not trying to be, um, I'm not trying to be anti-Tua or anti-Bam or anything. But you know, it's not as though Tua takes a ton of hits. He's taken a few more this year than you would think. But now, for the second year in a row, it's the same injury. Now it's a different ankle. But you know, if I'm a if I'm an NFL team, I wonder, hey, is this is this guy sort of easily broken i mean I, i'm i'm not trying to be a negative nancy here or a negative what's what's it? nathan negative nathan um but uh i mean i think that's a very fair question to ask at this point yeah i think the nfl is going to ask it for sure because health is i mean they they look at that before they look at all else they never want to invest millions in in someone that they have little confidence is going to be around but he has taken fewer hits. You, you know what we talked all season about how he's got to run the ball less. He's got to be smarter. And then, then he gets hurt on what looked like a pretty innocuous play. And, and my, my thing, you know, um, is, is it's just bad luck. Sometimes it's bad luck. Everybody wants a reason. Everybody wants a boogeyman. Everybody wants a, someone to blame, but uh, it's football. It's an extremely rough game. Kids get hurt. There's a bunch of NFL games today. People hurt all over the place. I mean, this it, it, it's a it's a it's a rough game. People are going to get hurt. The Alabama guys are going to get hurt in practice and in games. And if you want to win a championship, what did what did Bear Bryant prophesize years ago when he when he spoke to us from uh, from the top of the mount? You know, it's it's if you want to win a championship, you better have some schedule luck and some injury luck. And uh, oh, we haven't had we've not had good injury luck. That's for sure. Well, for all the schedule luck we have, and that has been quite prominent, the injury luck has absolutely smoked us. I mean, just killed us. Uh, you when, know, Dylan Moses, lost, Josh McMillan. Yeah. When we lost Dylan Moses, we lost the two of the defense. Now we've lost two of the offense. We we lost the Dylan Moses of the offense. <laughs> we've lost the two of the defense and the Dylan Moses of the offense. That's right. So, um, you know, the Arkansas game, and, and of course we're going to talk about the Arkansas game all week, and one of the things – that later on in the week I want to sort of laugh about in the battle days, as we'll call them, is, you know, the Arkansas game almost used to be a tell for us. If we beat Arkansas, we'd have a pretty decent season. <laughs> if we lost Arkansas, it's going to be a disaster. And now now the tell is Clemson in the playoff, you know. Uh, but but that aside, uh, we will talk about Arkansas later in the week. And Mac Jones, I'm, I'm excited for Mac. But – uh there's no doubt what the topic uh, is today, and that's to his ankle. Is he going to play against LSU? If so, how healthy will he be? Can Alabama beat LSU with uh, with a Tua 
that is less than 100%. And hey, I mean, uh, I like to be the, the optimistic sort, and I will be, and I'm going to talk myself into being more optimistic as the game gets closer. But it's a fair opinion to say, it's a fair opinion to say this. If two is at 80%, LSU is a seven-point favorite. I think that's fair to say, you know, uh, in terms of, of, of what we can expect. Well, I'm, I'm going to say this, that uh, I think the better question is not can we beat LSU with an 80% Tua, can we beat LSU with a 100% Mac Jones? You know, I, I mean, my, I, my I, objective I, answer is no. My objective, my objective answer is no, definitely. And, and look, you're, you're right. You sent a text to uh, uh, me and a group of friends we have, and I thought it was very poignant. Kudos to you, where you said, "Look, if, if a couple drunk. of if a couple of elite players make catches, for instance, the one that sticks out in my mind is uh, Najee Harris." I mean, he yeah. just flat dropped it. I mean, I, I guess the pass could have been a little better, but it it yeah. it seemed. Should, I mean, I, player he should have caught should that. Catch that ball. And if he catches it, it's a touchdown. He catches it, it's a touchdown. You clearly yeah. see there's nobody in yeah. front of him. And um, yeah. if he makes that catch and all of a sudden everybody's like, okay, Mac Jones zipped that one in there. But instead, it goes down as an incomplete. And the yeah. the people that don't look at the game over and over and over again, that, that one particular game will say, oh, well, it's, you know, he didn't do very well. And and the only guy who threw a touchdown pass in the game was Slade Bolden. I mean, who would have? Judy, I mean, Judy drop one too. Didn't Judy drop one? He should have caught that would have yep, extended a drive. Yep. Yep. I mean, it would have sure extended did. the drive. Who knows that the next play wouldn't have been a touchdown to Waddle? I mean, who knows? Um, yeah. So Mac Mac played better than he's given credit for today. But it's just simple. Those when when I when when I just admitted that with Matt Jones, Alabama's likely not going to beat LSU. And I'm sure the Alabama fans that you guys that listen to the podcast just got pissed at me. Well, well, let's put the shoe on the other foot. If I told you that uh, Joe Burrow uh, is going to get hurt and the LSU game for them is going to be quarterback by that Miles Brennan kid, who's roughly the equivalent of Mac, how would you feel about the LSU game? And I, I know you wouldn't say that the win's in the bag, but if I told you Burrow wasn't playing and and and, and the Brennan kid was, you'd be going, oh, Tua against Miles Brennan. I like it. Well, that's the shoe that's that's on the other foot that we're facing. So it's it's very fair uh, to worry about how Mac Jones would do against Joe Burrow and LSU. I think a better way of putting that is that's the surgery that's on the other ankle. <laughs> Which is literally what happened this morning. He had surgery on the other ankle. Well, all right, so Jimmy, let's move on and talk a little bit more about some things that happened in this game. Um, I'm going to tell you one of the players of the game, to me, was Jalen Waddell. Uh, man, he did a great job getting a first down for Mac Jones when Mac Jones needed a, a bit of a spark. Um, he just weaved his way through the defense. It was an incredible play that, you know, it was one of those plays that everybody says Tua does that that the receivers make him look good. Well, Waddle definitely made Mac Jones look good on that one. And then Waddle's punt return, um, at least one of them was just absolutely incredible. The guy is just a magician at times. And um, I thought he was one of the players of the game. And that, and I'll tell you something, you know, Henry Ruggs gets a lot of credit for chasing down Nigel Warrior on the interception, and he should because he ran him down. And it's not like Nigel Warrior is a linebacker. He's a, is a defensive back. But Waddle was right there too. I mean, it was like yeah. – 
the flash and kid flash trying to catch up to Solomon Grundy for anybody who follows DC comics <laughs> on that one play. It's like, uh, even though it was an interception and a, a good play by Nigel warrior and a bad play by Tua. It's like on that one snap alone, Nigel warrior fell 20 spots in the draft and rugs moved up 20 spots. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Cause like, you know, Nigel what, warrior, you know what like, it was like? You know what it was like? It was like, um, you know how they do the, in the combines, they do the 40 times and like they oh. superimpose somebody else next to it. <laughs> That's what it was like. It was like, <laughs> they superimpose Henry Ruggs next to it. And they're like, oh, here's Nigel Warrior running his 40 time. What was that blur that just went beside <laughs> That was exactly it. Yeah, that was, that was incredible. And, and kudos to us here on Locked on Bama about three weeks ago. Some of our first shows were like, we gave a pep talk. You can call it a rant. We gave a pep talk to we need to see more production out of Terrell Lewis, Jalen Waddle, and Brian Robinson. And they must listen to the podcast because we, we've seen much better versions of those guys uh, in the last, you know, the last three or four games as opposed to the first three or four. They're, 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 those guys in particular are all playing better. And the other thing we said was, for the love of all things holy, we got to find a punter, and I think we found one. Well, it's two, for, for, yes. The answer is yes. It's two punts. It's two punts. So let's let's just let's not let's not change the name of the best punter in the nation award from the J.K. Scott Award to the 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 Ty Piron Award. But but. Whew, you got it. There, there's clearly some promise to the point that you got to wonder why they hadn't used him already uh, after Riker got hurt. Or, and frankly, those two punts are better than what we've seen from Riker. You know, much less Skyler. Uh, so, a little question about why wasn't he out there already? If this is what we're going to get, but I will say this: uh, I thought there was a good chance after Riker got hurt when Riker punted the ball and 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 limped off the field, knowing well that's the last we've seen of Riker again for a month um i watched in in, in when, when the special teamers came out to start the second half i watched p ron close because i figured he was going to punt and it, it's kind of weird I, he he hit several just in warm-ups he hit several that were, were good punts that i would call well that's pretty good he also hit a few that were not he would hit some low line drives which are really dangerous at this level because those are the, the type that are returned for touchdowns so I would say after watching him warm up, I was like, well, I think this is going to be better than what we've seen from Schuyler and Reichard, but he can miss them. But then the, then the game starts and he's punting under the game pressure and he hit two monsters that were better than anything he did, you know, coming out of the half. So I, I think he and might made be a tackle. Gamer. And oh, made a tackle. Yeah. Well, he's athletic. Now I know that some some somebody out there is saying, you know, he ran he ran a four four, and probably not because he would be on scholarship somewhere. But but uh, he is a very athletic kid, and what a bonus it is! What a bonus it is when on your punt team you have an actual eleventh defender. You know that's that's a big bonus, and he proved uh, that he is. So one more bonus. So. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt who's going to be the punter for Arkansas. He did enough to win the job for now. Uh, I would just caution about sample size, and 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 let's not etch his name in there for four years just yet. But it, it is it is a promising start, to say the least. Uh, I'm disagreeing. Look, he had two punts, 
and no shanks. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. they, we ought to have a stat like you know, punts, kicks, kick return, shanks. And was there any <laughs> doubt that Joseph Bullivus was going to miss that field goal? I mean, it wouldn't have mattered if if there was no timeouts taken. I mean, all Pruitt did was piss off everybody like me who goes to bed kind of early uh, by yeah. delaying the game. I mean, right. can, we, I mean, I was sitting there thinking, can we just let him shank this and move on? I mean, why do you have to do this to him and to me? <laughs> Yeah, I was. I mean, I'm getting serious. Same reason and, you know, because I, I this was way reeks. past my bed. This halftime was way past my bedtime. So, yeah, I felt the same way. And, and I, I felt the same way about Bulvis's chances to make it. I'm like, when the whole stadium was booing, and gosh knows everyone on their TVs was booing at their TVs when, when Jeremy held up the game like that, I was thinking, well, Jeremy just earned the hell out of these three points. <laughs> these are Jeremy's points, and they're well earned. He, he had to endure a lot of hate for it, but he just earned himself three points because I knew what was coming then. I mean, but for the most part, Bullivus has been okay. But but hopeful. This is what needs to happen. Just you know, with with if if Nick if Nick appoints me in charge for a couple months, which, which is such a great idea. Um, Riker needs to get healthy, and he doesn't need to punt the ball again. Don't punt. I, I don't punt. I would say they each need to individually work on what their job is. And for the rest of the year, I would have Reichard kicking field goals, Bullivis kicking off, and, and Piron punting. And that's it. That's all you work on, pending injury, of course. That's all you work on because that's all what we need you to do. And maybe if they just focus on you know their one role, um, that they'll get even better and better at it. But it's probably going to be another – three weeks before Riker's ready to kick field goals again. Thankfully we have an off week to, to eat up a couple of those weeks. Well, here's the ironic thing. When two is healthy. I mean, I'd probably say at this point after watching Riker go out there and I mean, he looked like a guy who literally just came off the operating table of having a hip replaced, trying to punt that ball. And uh, watching Bullivus shake another one. And frankly, Bullivus was short on a lot of his kickoffs too. Um, I would have said, okay, you know what, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to go for it on fourth down no matter where the hell we are, and we're going to throw a slant, and nobody can stop it anyway. But now with Mac Jones there, we need our kickers to be better at a time when we are experimenting with a walk-on punter. Uh, we Our best kicker uh, and probably best punter, frankly, is hurt, and our other kicker has gone into the Lee Tiffin mind-screwed program. I mean, it's <laughs> – it's it's really bizarre how this is all working out. Like, you know, the the player we could least afford to lose on defense was Dylan Moses beginning of the year. Oh, we lose Dylan Moses. The player we can least afford to lose on offense is Tua Tungavailoa. Oh, we lose him right before the LSU game, essentially. Oh, the the we really need our kickers to be better. Oh, my God, we're still experimenting with all of them. I mean, it, yeah. this season – Because, Riker, because of, Riker's hurt. If Riker wasn't hurt, he, he would he would be the kicker and the punter. I mean, if Riker had never got hurt, he, he would be the kicker and the punter right now. We never would have seen Piron. Yep. True. Yep. Um, a couple other things. Uh, you were there uh, in Tuscaloosa. What what were the lights like? Because I'll tell you, on TV, um, it was very cool. I, I really thought it was was fun. But it did change the way the game looks on television. It was much brighter, but uh, that different kind of LED light and and um it was just a stranger look 
But um, I mean, I, I can get used to it. I mean, I'm just saying. I, and I, apparently, all the the uh, reviews were glowing. <laughs> How about that pun for the lights? But uh, but so, what do you think? Oh, I mean, it, 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 on the one hand, it was awesome. On the other hand, it's kind of what you expected after a multi week build up. Like, what's it going to be like? And it 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 looked like you would imagine in in your head it, the the technology is just amazing. Particularly if you want to. If you want to hop on your horse-drawn carriage and go back to when me and you were kids, I remember you go to the baseball park and turn on the stadium lights, and it'd take 25 minutes for the lights to come on, and and now we can do this oh, yeah. with stadium lights. Uh, so it's the technology is 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 cool, and then they can set it to music. The music didn't really change; it was sort of the same music selection. It was a little bit more hip hop stuff because that's kind of cooler with the with the lights. Um, but it did feel, uh, gosh, I'm going to come across as the lamest fuddy duddy here, but I mean, it, it, at times it was like the game was being played in the back lot of the club. I mean, that's, that's kind of what it, I mean, it, it's very dance specific. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it, there's a different feel to the stadium. Now, here's what I strongly, this is the anti fuddy duddy. I mean, hey, we need to, what we need to do with those lights and the music is what, 17 year old recruits find attractive i mean we have we have to attract 17 year old recruits at the games not please uh the 80 year old blue hairs and by the way i'm comparing myself to them i'm in that group i'm in that group so i'm not insulting anyone i'm in that group but the music and the lights need to be something that makes it appealing to 17 year old football players and uh i think on that regard uh, Nick Nick Saban gets that so well, and uh, while Nick isn't up there hand selecting the music, the people that are know what Nick wants, and uh, and I think to that part we do it really well. I look forward to seeing minor changes in terms of, you know, that was the first game. How are they going to make it even better? I mean, I, I think that's something that's coming. But uh, I mean, a plus, a plus. It was cool. Uh, it was fun. I think it kept the crowd really into it. The crowd was considering the game wasn't super tight. And even with Tua's injury, we knew who was going to win the game. I think the crowd stayed for 60 minutes and was into it. And, and the light show had a lot to do with that. Um, speak, going back to Tua just for a second, you know what, what else is, is funny and the way that destiny sort of works out. If Tua doesn't throw that pick, which I think it was a first down play, um, then you got to think we go in there and score a touchdown. And frankly, we probably, I mean, Tennessee probably lays down at that point. Yeah, you you would think, game I mean, over. it makes sense. Instead, because he's been, he was pressing, he really seemed to be pressing last night. Um, he throws the pick and it was just a bad, pa- I mean, it's not, it was very untua like, I mean, just a bad pass. And, it changed the way the game went. And, you know, look, you hate to say that, but that's, that's kind of, it's kind of interesting how that played out. Another thing I want to get your take on, and I know I'm hopping around. Um, the, what was it? One thing about that throw, one thing about that throw, because I've been, I don't know if I'm going to use the word fairly to say I've been a fan of Sark. I mean, I think Sark's done fine. The offense has been fine. Two has played well. Sark has done fine. That was the first time all year I got really upset with Sark, and and Sark, you know, I'm 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 not a fan of criticizing play calling because in the end it's all about execution, and yeah, Tua should have just thrown the damn ball away. 
I mean, he's taught to do that by you, and he didn't. And I understand that 20-year-olds aren't going to do what you coach him to do every time. I get that, and I don't like criticizing play calling. And I say all that to say, Sark, when it's first and goal at the two and your tailback is 235 pounds, give the damn ball to Najee. Just give mm-hmm. the damn ball to Najee. And none of that happens. And if we can't score on first and goal from the two in one or two tries, okay, then we don't deserve to score. But don't throw the ball. Don't throw the ball. I mean, just just give it to Najee. So, end of rant. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I understand. And, and it was kind of Najee's night. I mean, he ended up with 100 yards again. I know we talked about a big drop he had from Mac Jones, but he had 105 yards for his second straight game with over 100 yards. And I, I, frankly, I think he can get 100 yards against Arkansas, assuming he's okay because he went in the tent late. Um, but I think he's supposedly fine. Um, I wanted to get your take on the uh, the personal foul on Tennessee, which you know was much discussed. You know, frankly, when I saw it, when it happened live, and I thought, okay, that yeah, that deserves a penalty. When I saw the replay, it didn't seem quite as bad. But I'll say this, um, and I thought Matt Hayes had a great tweet about this. He said, "Why even?" give the official a chance to throw a flag there. This was a flag happy group. Um and they threw they they threw plenty of flags on Alabama too. Um so why even why even take a chance with something like that when when there's no doubt your intent was to intimidate. That that's yeah. what you were trying to do. And um mm-hmm. so I'm yeah. I'm not defending the call because I would not have called it, but why that that was what separates good teams from bad teams is bad teams uh, don't know, you know, don't have the wherewithal not to make that play. First of all, it's a huge play. It was a huge play in the game. If you're a Tennessee fan, I think it's fair that you're like, we're within one score and we're getting the ball back and their new quarterback isn't playing well. And then you call that ticky tack stuff. That's ridiculous. And if a Tennessee fan takes, I I get, I'm not saying they're wrong, not saying they're wrong, but uh, I, I happened to be watching it live. When I, have, I saw it happen uh, from, from a seat close near there. It was one of those things that I had an immediate verbal reaction when Mac was was pushed. Uh, I, I was like, hey, you know, like we we saw that. That wasn't unintentional. It was intentional. Now, was it violent? Was Mac going to get hurt? Uh, did he step on his hand? No, 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 no. I think it's kind of one of those things where if you're Jeremy Pruitt, your position needs to be, look, if you're going to call flags on that, then you're going to be throwing flags all night. So only call the train wrecks, please. And that was not a train wreck. And that would be fair for Jeremy to take that position. Now, his other position needs to be to stick his finger in the face of that kid and say, yeah, completely unnecessary minor league bush crap may have cost us the whole football game you know because well not only that jimmy well here's the other thing the play made there that that drew the penalty was the play of a player who's coached by a guy who in this day and age grabs the face mask of his quarterback in the middle of national on the on national television now now having said that one of the only things I ever liked about Bill Curry was when he jerked Prince Wembley back into reality um, against Miami after making a catch and drawing a penalty. 
Um, yeah, I, I dug that, it. Yeah. But you know what? That was 1989 slash 90. I mean, we, yeah. we're, we're 30 years from that, man. And you yeah. can't do that anymore. We, we're in a I different agree. day and age. I'm not trying to be soft here. I'm just saying it's it's not right. It's not it's yeah. not right to do that in that day and age. 20, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old kids were still viewed as kids. Now, I mean, all these kids are viewed as grown men and they're, they're, you know, some of them are, you know, there's a lot of discussion about what kind of rights they have for money and, and there's even so much more pressure on them now. And here's a guy, here's a quarterback that has just been berated by your own fan base, by every fan base. I mean, I've been calling him Guantanamo Bay since God knows how long. And I'm not even sure what that, what I'm saying when I say that, I just know it sounds like I'm insulting him. So I'm doing it. And you know, he, it was a bad, it was a bad call by him, but that. I mean, he's he, the reason Matt Jones isn't our starter is because he didn't see that blitzer coming that absolutely took his head off. Um, the right. reason, well, and also Tua Tungavailo is our starter. That's not the only reason Matt Jones isn't our starter. But the the reason uh, Jared uh, Garantano isn't your starter is because he's not good and he doesn't make good decisions. Why are you shocked that on fourth and goal from the one he checks off to a quarterback sneak because he wants to be the hero? I mean, look, yeah. I, you can't is. You know, I've told you that story about the scorpion and the frog, right? You know my oh, yeah. my. You know, the scorpion stings the frog in the middle of the lake, and the frog's like, "We're both going to drown." He's like, "I'm a scorpion. That's what I do, man. What do you want me to do?" And so that that's Jer- If I was Garantano, I'd go back to the sideline and go, "Yeah, I fumbled and led to a hundred yard touchdown. That's what I do." Have you seen me play? <laughs> yeah, you're right about the the pulling the face mask. I, I, I'm 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 not part of the let's make football soft. Let's change what we've been doing for a hundred years. I'm not part of that crowd, but you're right. Luke. It, it, I, I think it's this, I think there's a simple rule. Everybody gets to choose what kind of parent they want to be and how they parent their children. I'm not telling anybody how to, how to do that. You, you everybody that's a parent, you, you parent your own way. But when you're talking about someone else's kid, when you're talking about someone else's kid, when you are berating them, and you have the right to berate them, and Jeremy has a right to berate his players. <laughs> when you're berating someone else's child, don't touch them too. Don't berate and use any level of physical force on someone else's kid. Now, I say all that to say I've seen the the, the highlight of Jeremy doing it five, ten times now. It's innocuous. It's minor. He did not hurt the kid. He did not mean to hurt the kid. He 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 was merely getting the kid's attention. And I agree. It shouldn't be a huge deal. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. We shouldn't even really be talking about it. But maybe it's a good reminder that we all need this rule in our lives that if you are getting on someone else's child while you're getting on them, do not physically touch them. That's just over the line in 2019 when it's someone else's kid. Now, when you're when you're reaming out your own kid for something terrible he did and there's a spanking at the end of it, I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm saying when it's, when it's, I mean, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, like and saving what, Nick, AJ McCarron? Hey, hey, Nick took a lot of crap for that. And, and rightfully so, rightfully so when you're berating a player, do not physically touch them. Uh, and, Nick violated that a few years ago and Jeremy violated doesn't mean they're horrible people or need to be jailed or lose their jobs. It's just, it's tough to, uh, it's tough in life to walk right up to a line 
and sometimes your foot not go on the other side of it, that doesn't mean that you're, you know, horrible at your job or a horrible person. But we all need reminders. Hell, I'm sure I've made 17 mistakes already today, and it's just four o'clock on this podcast. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, yeah. he, he, the other thing I was talking to a friend of mine about Jeremy Pruitt, and you know, I, I still like Jeremy. I'd love for him to eventually be back on the Alabama staff. I, I do like him. But a few things that were interesting, I thought he he did show uh, he did he wasn't the classiest guy i mean that that notwithstanding although i'll give him credit it seems like soon as he grabbed the face mask he knew it was wrong and he let yeah. go almost immediately exactly. um but uh the and then some of the talk about the officials and whatever i just don't like it when coaches do that um the other thing is i and i, and I tweeted this out i said he kind of his coaching attire is kind of like a guy who cooks meth for Minute Maid, you know, with that orange sort of jumpsuit looking thing that's not really a jumpsuit, but it's. And then my, another friend of mine was talking today and said, um, yeah, he said, I don't even know how he keeps his hat on because he, he wears it like those guys. He, you see guys do this all the time, like they wear a ball cap, but they don't pull it down. It's just like loosely hanging on. And you're wondering, how in the hell does that stay on his head? And um, I mean, you really don't know. And uh, he uh, is, is, and I said, yeah, it's like if the wind blew it, it, he must have it loosely sutured because if the wind blew it, it would like turn, you know, turn upside down and be on a hinge or something. I mean, he he's just got a really kind of he doesn't look like a, a an SEC upper tier football coach right at the moment on a lot of levels, but. Um, you know, it's a learning on the job thing, but I'm going to say this again. I like him a lot. I do. I, I really do. I hope he ends up back on Alabama staff in some capacity eventually, but I thought it wasn't his greatest moment uh, last night. His kids played hard. Let me tell you, cons- considering, <laughs> considering the hand oh, they, they dealt in terms of their injuries and their makeup of their roster, which is still being rebuilt. It's a total rebuild over there. This is not a fine tuning. Knoxville, it basically had to be blown up and started over, and they're just in year two of a of a probably what what really is realistically a four year rebuild. Uh, I, I think they played hard. They they didn't. I'll give this. I'll say Tennessee didn't show up to lose. They did not show up to lose. So credit to Jeremy and his staff and those kids. They they played hard against long odds, and uh, I think they should take some some solace in uh, making 102,000 people basically stick around for 60 minutes, which they did. It was not a uh, an early leaving crowd like we normally see in Tulsa because the game's so out of hand and the other team has quit. And uh, No, uh, people, even though it was close to midnight, uh, that Tennessee team fought hard enough to get 102,000 people to stay in their seats. Yeah, that's right. I mean, in that regard, I guess Saban ought to say, hey, thanks, Jeremy. I've been trying to get this to happen for years. <laughs> um, I don't think right, Nick so wants to do it that way. We only got a few more minutes left here. Any other quick thoughts that you had about the game? Yeah, I think we played a little better defensively than uh, some of the reaction I've seen today on the social medias. Uh, Tennessee only mustered about 260 yards. Uh, it was only like a roughly 115 rushing, 115 throwing. Uh, they did get a couple of long runs out of their out of their running back on just a power play up the middle. That was a little a little alarming, but and in, in that it happened twice. But that, that explained how the rushing yardage on those two snaps. Um, and and had they punched it in before the Diggs fumble, 
the score would have looked a lot different. Instead, it was a 14-point swing, which changed the score. But let's remember, their touchdown came after the two interception. That was a 14-point swing there. So the score was right based on how the game played out. But I think defensively, Alabama did pretty well. only touchdown was on a short field. Other than that, it was only a couple of field goals and not a lot of offensive production. Now, Tennessee's not great on offense. We're going to see much better offenses to come. But uh, as Nick said, post-game, Tennessee showed a lot of pre-snap looks, a lot of motion that we hadn't seen. All of this helps to educate our young players, especially the linebackers. So another good game by Terrell Lewis, who now leads the SEC in sacks and tackles for loss. I think Terrell is now becoming the player we always knew he could be. We're seeing it now. We're, 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 he's still not fully formed, but it's coming. Uh, and, and Terrell's turning into that guy that we always thought he could be, and that's going to make a big difference down the stretch. So I think defensively, Alabama is is playing pretty well. Not well enough to keep LSU to 14 or 17 or less, I don't think, but, but pretty well. So last night the problems were on offense, and uh, – only 370 yards against a, a pretty average defense. But we all know about Tua being hurt and, and missing more than half the game. That was no doubt a huge factor. And who knows, uh, I think Alabama scored touchdowns on three of the four Tua possessions. The possession they didn't was the interception in the end zone, so or at the end zone. So the score would, maybe would have gotten out of hand with a healthy Tua. So overall, I give Alabama a, a B-plus for last night when you factor in the Tua injury a B-plus, an improving defense, and uh, I have a lot to say about what I think the plan should look like against Arkansas. I don't think we're going to see it, but I think the Arkansas game needs to be 60 minutes of Alabama practicing to win without a 100% Tua. That's what needs to happen against Arkansas, and we'll talk about that all week. No, I'm right there with you, and and tomorrow, well – I guess Tuesday's podcast, we will be talking about, of course, Alabama in the NFL, uh, what what the Alabama players did in the league. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about this game and some other games from around the SEC this past weekend. So, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Bama. want to encourage everyone to share uh, this podcast and, you know, tweet it, Facebook it, Instagram it. Uh, Snapchat it, I, whatever that is, and um, yeah, do all that stuff. Yeah, if you like it, uh, to keep it going. If you like it, then uh, then share it because uh, that's how that's how the show keeps going, and we appreciate everybody that that takes a time out of their uh, their day to listen. And anyone that has comments about what you want us to talk about, or what you want us to emphasize, or if you have any questions, you know where to hit us up on the Twitter box. All right, everybody, roll tide. Roll tide.